Hello, my name is Joel Simpson, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm John Tonsi, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Well, today we have a very special one for me personally. Today we get the opportunity to interview and, and get to know my Uncle Bobby. If many of you might know my my dad, Randy Simpson. It is his brother and actually got connected with our our church one time when he was here visiting and is one of our remote attendees in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and has been attending for a few years now. And I won't won't share the whole story there. He'll he'll tell us more about how that came to be, but just a new thing for us today doing remote, but it's really, really important how our church family has grown outside of just Indianola. And excited to have you on the show today, Bobby. Thank you. It's good to be here. So Bobby, I know that uh, Joel kind of covered a little bit, but tell us how you started first coming to Indianola first. Uh, Randy had talked about uh, Indianola uh, was quite the church. And he said he really hadn't kind of uh, been in any quite like it, was really, really uh, enjoying it. And, and so I had made a trip uh, back to visit. And then uh, I take kind of a yearly trip to visit him and then go on down to Indiana to see our sister. And this last time we went, we got to go together. That was really cool. But when I was there at Randy's, then they brought me to church on Sunday so I could actually be there and, and see people and and watch the pre-show instead of on the computer. I got to actually see it in person. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and uh, meet pastors and that kind of thing. So that's how we kind of got started. So how long have you been attending the online service then? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Three years. How many times have you, you visited in person? I think at least four. This last time we had Michelle there, you know, when we were in Osceola. We're staying in Osceola. And uh, so I think I'd been there three times. And then the fourth time was, um, I had Michelle with me. So what's it been like attending online? And how have you felt, you know, connected to the church and different things that are going on? Well, Part of being able to connect easier is because I did get to come and attend the church in person. I think uh, uh, before, if just looking at it on online and everything, you get a real good feel because I just feel like the church does a phenomenal job of putting the, the program out, being able to to watch the worship teams, the, the pre-show, get a kick out of the funny folks there, and then, uh, and then be able to um, actually see some of those people in person, you know, really put it together. But, but as far as the, the broadcasting and everything, at, at first it was a little rough for me. I'm not a techie. We, we do it through YouTube. And I know that Facebook is probably the big media that everybody or a lot of people use. And so then sometimes the YouTube wasn't up and going, we'd throw a little chat item in or something, you know, and we could tell that it just wasn't there because, you know, it, it wasn't coming through quite right. But um, I really enjoy that part, you know, at least even being able to just say good morning so that, that they know we're actually there and attending. You know, it's kind of like coming into the foyer and being able to shake a hand. And so, you know, I'm there and I know you're there kind of thing. So, but, but really enjoy watching it. We, uh, uh, during the wintertime, we sit in the house and, and watch it on a bigger screen TV, which is really nice, a lot of sound. In the summertime, we actually like to go out to a little park that's by a lake. And we stream it with the with our phone, uh, watching the service there. And we've got one of those external speakers that that really makes it boom out. So we feel like you know we went out and went to church. So <laughs> so that's a lot of fun for us. Yeah, service in a park. That's perfect. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and 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 thanks to the technical teams. I mean, we've we've watched you know long enough to see. Uh, the kinds of things that they try and do more to to really bring it uh, live, where it's not maybe just focused on, say, just the pastor, and 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 you kind of pan back and forth and be able to see the entire worship team that's up there uh, once in a while out into the audience a little bit, you know, and and uh, I I just think that they've really done a, a, an excellent job of putting that together for us so that we can hear it. Makes us feel like we're there. That's that's awesome. Awesome to hear. And yeah, just, you know, validation of definitely a lot of a lot of work going into that. And so that's great, great feedback. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out to the whole whole tech crew for sure. Absolutely. 
Well, Bobby, let's back up a little bit and let's talk about, so where, where did you grow up? Um, do you see behind me? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, was born in Nebraska, uh, was only there for six months. And we moved to Wellington, Colorado, was only there for a short while. I moved to Cheyenne when I was a year and a half old. So pretty much Cheyenne has been home. We didn't live in this house when we first moved to Cheyenne. But most of our time, we moved here in 1956. So most of our uh, growing up years and everything were uh, at the place that we're at right now. Moved away and as, as kids do in their later years and, and uh, I'd gone to school at UW and then, and then down to Rockmont Bible College for a little bit, just a quarter. And uh, got a call from one of my cousins that Kodak was hiring in Windsor. And uh, I got a great job there. So I stayed with them for 26 years. So that was being away a little bit from Cheyenne. And then now here we are back again. Who'd have, known, who'd have ever thought of that? <laughs> so that was kind of the growing up years. Attended a church called First Baptist Church. And, and, and that was pretty much the, the activity related thing that, that uh, happened with our house. Everything was involved around the church. Uh, both of my parents were uh, Sunday school teachers. Uh, Dad was on the deacon's board. And so we had, you know, a lot a lot of time uh, spent with the church. And then here at the house, mom would always be practicing her because she taught young kids. And so she'd be practicing her flannel graft. We didn't have all of the, the cool stuff that's now, but she would uh, put her stories together on the flannel graft and and uh, give us her stories before she actually was doing them in class. So I got to have a lot of Sunday school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much that that was our, our growing up around here, went all through school, elementary, junior high, uh, high school. Uh, we're all here in Cheyenne. I know you mentioned uh, Kodak, and that's where you spent a large portion, but tell us about maybe your first job when you were a teenager. What was, what was that first job, and what was that like? Um, I was 14. And uh, I had it in mind that I wanted to have a car. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, and my dad had said, if you're going to get you a car, you've got to find a job. So that was the thing that, that I was after because he had laid the rules. The rules were you pay for the car, you pay for the insurance, you pay for the gas, you pay for everything that you do to that car, you do the tires. The insurance, I don't care what it is, it'll be your car, but you have the financial responsibility for it. So I knew I had to get out and do something. And and uh, so I went looking and I my first job was a busboy at the Hitch and Boast Inn restaurant uh, here in Cheyenne. Of course, the greatest time there was, of course, Cheyenne Frontier Days. But yeah, I learned how to be a busboy in a top-notch steakhouse portion of that. So it was... Uh, Black bow tie, white shirt, black pants, all that, everything fancy, the towel over your arm kind of thing. So uh, learned a lot about people <laughs> in, in that regard, too, as well. But that was my first one. But, and I enjoyed it. I really did. It's uh, kind of uh, funny because the general manager of the Hitching Post Inn was uh, a relative through Treva, our sister. So um it was kind of like I didn't get the job for that. I didn't even realize he was around there right at first, you know, but then uh, came by one day and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that was it. I won't tell you how much I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> so you worked this first job and you uh, saved up as much money as you could. So what was your first car? So that was a big expenditure for me. It was a 1949 Studebaker. Uh, four-door sedan, three-speed on the column, six-cylinder engine, and uh, wasn't a race car, but it was what I could afford. We did do a little racing now and then, though, but it was always in reverse. <laughs> I had some power, <laughs> but it was cool. It was a kind of an old lime green color car, and I spent a whole whopping $100 for it, and that was a lot of money. <laughs> I bet. So, I know uh, that you you were big into cars. You owned, owned a number of cars and and did did a little 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 street racing. You and my dad. So tell us tell us about a few of your favorite cars that you owned. Well, 
yeah, the the number of cars is is phenomenal and 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 really ridiculous, and uh, and because of that, you know, I'm a little ashamed at times about thinking about that. But but uh, by the time I was 29 years old, I'd had 29 cars. Not all of them were the greatest cars, but 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 they were fun. Some of my very favorites. Um, one that I wished I would have hung on to and restored so that today it'd be worth quite a uh, bit of money. It's a 56 Mercury. It had the uh, turquoise and white with the skirts and and had the 312 engine in it and uh, was a nice car. And funny part about it was we had hauled it out of a junkyard and 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 got it back together and stuff. So there was a lot of work that was going around in this old place right here. The shop is still standing. Uh, it's been through uh, uh, more more stuff than we could probably account for through through uh, my brother and me especially, but and then and then uh, my son, uh, one of my sons. So, but another one that I I had a lot of fun with was a '60 Ford Fairlane. That's when the big fin things came out, you know. So it was fun having those real long wide fins on on the back of it, and had to make it sound good. So I had a cherry bomb muffler on that one. Uh, <laughs> Randy took some really good rides in that one. Uh, we, that'd be some stories someday to tell. <laughs> but uh, that was one. And then, then another one of my very favorite cars. And it wasn't while growing up, but one of those one of those cars before I turned 29 was a uh, 69 Mustang Grande. And uh, I was really proud of that one. It it uh, ran very well. I had the the street strip ignition and all that kind of stuff. So. It was a, it was a fun fun deal. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and you know it's just cars are fun. I know we still have one of the cars that both you and Dad uh, owned is the the '50 yes. Chevy pickup, and so that's that's yes. on definitely on my to do list to get that restored and get that going again. Lots of good memories. There. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched Randy make a figure eight out of our North Acre yeah. <laughs> in the in that truck. That's he learned to drive with that because it, it had the old granny gear, so you couldn't kill it when you started out, you know, so the, the clutch thing wasn't as big an issue as it is for some people, and he could get it started out of granny and then and then get it going, but uh, that's how he learned out there, and I cannot believe that he literally made a figure eight track that, that sloped up and everything just from him driving. I mean, he would get faster and faster, so the dirt would start to fly, and 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 it just started piling up. And if you looked at it today, you would have no idea that there'd been a figure eight out there like that. But he did really good on it. <laughs> Sorry, that's his story. He'll have to tell that's right. <laughs> oh, that's good. So all this uh, reminiscing, uh, what's a favorite childhood memory that you have? Wow, I've got a lot of those. <laughs> well, one that's related to cars, if, if we want to stay on that theme a little bit. Uh, when my dad started me driving when I was big enough to sit on his lap. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of one of those things where the steering wheel and everything was very common to me. And by the time I was uh, six or seven years old, then I, if I could reach the pedals, you know, which we got to do, he had a 51 or 50, 51, Randy, you have to remind me, Hudson that, that uh, looks like the Hudson in cars. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> So it, um, we had to bucket out a well. Our well was only 50 feet deep and it would sand up uh, real easily. So we would set up a tripod up on the garage roof. It was a flat roof. Set a tripod up there and run a, a cable down to a, a bucket that they use for, for uh, bucketing wells. And and uh, dad would hook that to the front of that car and and uh, put me in there. And he, he and a buddy would go up on top of the garage and he'd have me back up real slow. We'd bring that bucket all the way to the top and, and tip it up. And then he would put it down through the hole. I'd drive forward real slow and until he gave the high sign. And if he gave the high sign and I didn't have the pedal to the metal, I was in trouble. So, and I only had about uh, probably uh, 75 feet to get it stopped. And, <laughs> and so it'd be pedal to the metal, hit the brakes kind of thing because what it would do is it it would go down in the in the well and and bucket uh sand and water and when it hit then it would eventually stop because it's down in quicksand and so then when it stopped then i would know that it was time for me to start 
bringing the bucket back up and the guys would get it back up through. We'd bring it up through the roof again. You'd have me come forward a little while they tip that thing over and dump the quicksand in the backyard and we'd do it all over again. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a blast doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's fun. Like every every kid's dream of just, yeah, it, driving the car and slamming on the yeah. gas and the brakes and oh yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah, not being in trouble for flooring it, you know, not being in trouble for hitting the brakes too hard, right? Yeah. Right, that was <laughs> your whole job. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. So tell us a little bit more about your family. Okay, the oldest sibling that I had, uh, we have Treva was her name. Treva kind of had a big part in raising Sherry and me. I had a sister, I have a sister named, I call her Sherry, sorry, her, her name is Sharon but we always called her Sherry growing up and I can't get over that part of it. So that's, <laughs> that's it. And then when Randy came along, uh, that's another really good childhood memory, uh, by the way. So if we want to go yeah. backwards just a little bit, I was the happiest nine-year-old in the entire neighborhood with Randy being born on my ninth birthday. I, uh, I took off on my bicycle and was yelling at the top of my lungs up and down our dirt road down here. The neighbor's always remember that day because I was out there, I have a baby brother. <laughs> and I felt really good because I'd been outnumbered, you know, all that time. And so nine years of being outnumbered. And then all of a sudden, uh, I actually have somebody to, to uh, help me out a little bit, you know, but uh, with us nine years apart, it took a little while for that to all come true. But <laughs> <laughs> so, another good memory, but uh, yeah, my, uh, Mother and father, my dad uh, worked for Cheyenne Light Fuel and Power. He was uh, ended up as a gas troubleshooter. He did just about everything with them. Avid rock hand, uh, but great Christian. And my mom uh, was a stay-at-home mom. And she uh, uh, did a lot of babysitting and, and uh, uh, for other kids and that kind of thing. And then the Sunday school teaching. Yeah, you bet. That's awesome. And I know Grandpa was born in 1908, you know, and I just know that that was that was uh, incredible. And so just talking to him about some of his memories and experiences in life are very different from today. Yes, very. (laughs) He was our first pilot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, Grandpa was a pilot. So aviation runs in our blood. Yes, it does. So tell us, tell us about uh, your wife and kids. Okay, my wife's Michelle and has been able to attend, I think we mentioned one time uh, at the church there. So uh, she's been able to actually be inside as well as seeing it on the, on the TV or computer or phone. So that's been fun. She works at Lowe's Distribution Center, has worked there for almost 20 years now. Been there a long, long time. Then uh, we have three kids. We have a a son, Mike, we have a daughter, Debbie, and a son, Craig. And all of those have left the nest. We're empty nesters. So uh, here we are. <laughs> so how did you and Michelle meet? It was at First Assembly in Fort Collins, Colorado. I'd gone through a rough time at that point and, and was uh, attending first, uh, uh, got involved with the singles group. And that was, uh, we were at a, just one of our little group things that, that the singles did, you know, going out and, and uh, I saw her there and, and really hadn't thought about her in terms of matrimony right at first or anything, you know, but uh, that's where I met her. And how long have you guys been married now? 30 years. 30 years. Wow. That's awesome. So first assembly has been a pivotal point in your life for several moments, right? Several things it has, (laughs) it really has. And it wasn't the church that I was attending. Um, so, you know, I'm coming from my Baptist background. Uh, I had been to a Baptist church in Port Collins. I also was a member of the uh, Evangelical Free Church, where I did a lot of the music um, portion of it there. So I hadn't had a lot of time with First Assembly, but I had friends that went there that worked out at Kodak, and they had invited me to come to uh, come to church. So I did. <laughs> it was a good church. It's huge now. It has has grown leaps and bounds. And kind of like a lot of them, they're changing to names. You know, they're still First Assembly, but they have a name. It's uh, Timberline Church in Fort Collins. So tell us, how have your family, friends, and community shaped your faith journey? Well, from when I was little, 
uh, back in those days with the, the car situations and stuff. One of the neighborhood uh, people that were was living here, he and I were the same age. We became best buddies. He was one who is none of his uh, family were Christians. And his dad was very much against it, uh, totally. And so there were times when we were having youth group meetings, or I was really involved in Youth for Christ, and there would be those meetings, and I get a chance to take him with me, and they were okay with that, and he was okay with that. Never, he never made any kind of profession of faith. He never really uh, came around. I prayed and prayed for him, but I wasn't going to do anything but but just be there and 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 hope that you know someday someday came, and it was a it was a big surprise because we were both both adults with kids up and grown and gone. And he uh, met me here in Cheyenne one day and he says, I've got something to tell you. And, and it was really cool because he had uh, become born again and uh, just a phenomenal Christian brother. I, I just, I just gives me chills to think about, you know, where he's at now grew way past me. Okay. So that's really fun. And, and I really, I really enjoy the fact that he then, was able to at, at his dad was in hospice and and was uh, soon to to leave this world and he finally got through to him he just had hounded him and hounded him and hounded him i think it was kind of the the judge story maybe the judge got tired of, of hearing this person but no he really did make a profession of faith so we know that now his dad is is up there waiting for us along with my dad and mom awesome so tell us your testimony, Bobby. How did you come to know the Lord? Um, I was a pretty young kid. I was seven years old. And of course, with all of the Sunday school teaching that went on in this house, you know, you you heard enough that that it was either going to be real to you or it wasn't, or you were going to push it away or whatever. And with all of those stories and a sister, uh, Sherry, who just, you know, was, was she had a handicap, uh, but she... Uh, was one who had a, a lot of uh, shaping in in my life towards what what did I think of God? Did I really believe what mom and dad believed? That kind of thing. So she she would push at me from the sides a little bit. Mom and dad, of course, were always talking to me about that and and what it really meant to be an actual Christian rather than just saying you're a Christian because you go to church and and you're doing the right things and all that kind of thing that, that us little kids thought about in those days. So uh, we had a pastor that, that I still think of him today. Matter of fact, I quoted him just yesterday morning, but he was very adamant. And, and in the, in the church that we were in, I must say it was not a, um, a very conservative church. So it was more liberal in, in their beliefs and, and that kind of thing. But, this particular pastor just, he, he just really, I could listen to him. Now that takes a lot for a seven-year-old to be able to sit in a, in a pew and listen to some old guy talk, right? So so for, for me, that was probably way different than, than other people might have, but, but he would get through to me and then I would ask questions, mom and dad, talk to him about it. Dad knew that I was real close, and, and, but neither one of them pushed me or anything. And uh, Palm Sunday, when I was seven years old, I was like, I need to go forward. I could feel the Lord. I could feel him talking to me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go forward. You know, I was a very shy kid. So you got to know that from that side of it, for me to get out and move down the aisle in, in, in a church like that was, was a big thing. But I did go down, was able to be with somebody who really knew what they were doing rather than somebody who might not. And he was able to really impress upon me that I needed to repent before I could get anywhere uh, with with my next step as to what I was going to do at that point. So, so he uh, worked with me in in understanding repentance again. Dad had talked about it. Mom had talked about it. But sometimes you just got to have your youth leader say something. So Donnie, keep doing it. <laughs> um, but it's it it was that way for me that that then I understood and I felt so strongly that that's what I wanted and that I wanted the Lord to be my savior, that I asked for him to be my savior that day. I was baptized on Easter. 
So it was a really fun time for me to have it be Palm Sunday and, and Easter. Get kind of emotional over it. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Tell us some God stories, just some moments that God has really moved in your life. He's had a lot. And a lot of those, a lot of the, the more significant times have been in my adult life and just in the in the past 20 years. In the earlier years, there were a lot of moments with in our youth groups and because and, I, I lived there uh, and Youth for Christ, going out on Youth for Christ choir tours, things like that, that, that I would see him and I feel him and, and I knew him as a friend and as my savior, you know, but I don't think that I had as close a relationship, and no, I didn't, as I, as I could at that point. Um, so I didn't have some of the experience that, that I have had in the last 20 years, if you'd be interested in that kind of thing, where I have had uh, contact with angels. And I have had the Lord do miracles in my truck driving that I did for 11 years that are just so phenomenal that I, 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 I get the shivers every time I think about him because he, he did some miracles that just, you, you probably won't believe if we get into some of those, but for the Lord to protect me, take care of me the way that he did in high winds and blizzards in times when I shouldn't, but the, but the one where he gave me, well, he gave me the first real contact that I believe was with an angel was at Rockmont Bible College. I was a little bit down about what I was going to do with my life. I was there for elementary education. And I, and I just was feeling like this just wasn't right. I didn't know what I was really doing. And, and I was out and I was working and I was trying to keep up with school. And, and at that time I had a 65 Chevy, <laughs> the uh, uh, super sport, but the, uh, there was this one kid in, in, in classes with me that, that worked at a uh, fast food place and he would, he would leave and come back, leave and come back. I never did see him in a class, but there was one night that, that I was just really, I was very depressed having a really tough time. And he came up to me and he says, I, I need to see you over here in the, in the men's room. <laughs> and what it was is we had a lot of big, mirrors in that room because there were a lot of guys you know in the in the dormitory and and so he took me in there and, and he faced me to the mirror and he said this is something that you need to do to further your relationship with the with the lord and i'm like okay i mean this is out of the blue i don't know what's really going on and he said uh, look in the mirror look straight into your eyes and repeat this verse, it is not I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Had me do that several times. <laughs> but he never he never really was around at school that I could find him. I could never find him when I went to work or to his work when when his he was supposed to be working. Never seemed to find him except when I was really struggling. And then all of a sudden I'd hear hear his voice recognize him and go, Billy, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I came to see you. You kind of needed me. And we would have had that kind of relationship the whole quarter that I was there at Rockmont. And that was phenomenal. So that was my first experience to this day. I believe he was an angel. He may not have been, but to me, he was an, an angel sent from God. Oh man, that's incredible. Incredible. Share some more of those God stories with us. Okay. Another very special time. And, and, and you'll have to bear with me because uh, it was during a very dark time of my life. This was before that I met Michelle and married her. I was in such deep depression that I was getting uh, psychological help from a Christian psychologist. And, and there's some stories around that that we, you know, would tell at a, another time. But I was having a really, really hard time again and got my old 65 Chevy and headed for, because I lived in Fort Collins, I headed for Rocky Mountain National Park. Went up into the park and was just driving because that's what I like to do. I like to drive. And if if I'm down or out, that's, I like to drive. If I'm 
up and happy. I like to drive, so I like to drive. But anyway, I was I was going up into the mountain and I was just wrestling with the Lord. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't stand it anymore. I got to a place where there was a little pullout. You've been in the pullout, Joel, but there's a little pullout where you can actually uh, kind of you kind of sit in there and you look back up against the really big basin that's up towards Trail Ridge. You can see the the big mountain and stuff up in there. And as I pulled into this little pullout, there was an old, old truck. It was older than the old 50 Chevy. It, it was a truck that was like a 20s, uh, late 20s pickup truck. Had an old style camper thing on, on the back of it. There were four guys that were sitting out in chairs. They weren't lawn chairs or anything like that. They were chairs, wooden chairs, sitting out next to this old truck. They all had these old stovepipe type hats on. Um, you know, it, it, it would have made you think Abe Lincoln or somebody from that era was was out sitting there or something, you know. But I pulled in there, not not realizing. I I just looked at it and thought, well, that's that's odd, but that's cool. They're probably up visiting from somewhere. And uh, so I pulled in and, and stopped and and I thought I heard singing. And so I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I don't have the radio on or anything. So kind of rolled the window down just a little bit and I could hear it. And I mean, it was something like I had never heard before. Um, so I rolled the window down some more going, where in the world is this coming from? And it sounded like I was in the biggest theater you have ever, ever uh, been to in your entire life. Sitting in that spot, looking and, and watching this or hearing this bouncing off the mountains, these four guys were singing a cappella and four-part harmony. How great they are. And so one of them just kind of turned and looked back at me a little bit. And I rolled the window up and they stopped singing. And I'm sitting there for a little bit and I'm like, okay, this isn't real. You know, I'm I'm having a, a, a bad moment here. It must be the medicine, you know. So I, I thought, well, I'll just roll the window back down and get some air. I roll the window back down and they start singing. I roll the window back up and they stop singing. So I rolled the window back down and they just let go with that song. And I was like, this is too much. This is really cool. If this is you, Lord, this is really cool. But I, I just can't take it. So I drove out of there and headed back down the mountain a little ways. And I was like, no, I've got to go back. I've got to go back and at least talk to these guys. They, you know, they, they must be Christians. <laughs> so maybe I need to talk to them, right? And I drove back in there and there was nothing. There was no truck. There was no guys. There was no chairs. There was, there was nothing and no sound. And I never, never got to see him. I chased up up the hill a little bit farther because I knew with that old truck they couldn't go very far not to be found <laughs> I really think he planted them there nobody could make that kind of sound uh, I wish I could really describe it but I don't think anybody you you put out the best equipment you've got and nobody could make that sound to me that was the sound of heaven reverberates in my ears uh, as I think about it today and it's just so special. I think one thing that really stood out to me was you were talking about how you're in a you know a dark place, a tough time. You're dealing with the you know those types of things, and you're wrestling with God. And I just you know and and that just jumped out to me of how often in those moments we want to run from God, but God He wants us to continue pursuing them, Him, especially in those times, you know, and even if it means wrestling with Him. Because yeah. he he loves us so much and he wants to pursue us and and be there yeah, for us and come and and he shows up in awesome and amazing ways to say, I love you, I'm here for you, I have great things for you. And uh it's just so incredible uh when he shows up in, in that fashion and just like you said, gives us a glimpse of heaven and shows us his love in a way that it's difficult to describe. It is. It really is. And I definitely was wrestling. I wasn't running. I was wrestling because I knew he was there and I wasn't going to get away. So it was it was a matter of we were we were having big time uh, discussions. But <laughs> but I really do believe he set those there for me because they just calmed my spirit. I was so I was on my knees. The wrestling was over. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's that's incredible. Maybe one more 
one more God story you'd want to share with us? Sure. <laughs> we'll go we'll go to the truck driving days. Do you want to All do right. that? All right. <laughs> I drove a food service semi. Uh one of my uh trips uh was an overnight run. Um most of our trips were daily runs because uh, you're just delivering food and and it was a hard job and and uh, a lot of weather to to deal with uh that kind of thing you know so i had been searching the lord because and and i haven't really talked about this part of me much but but i am visual the lord made me visual it's how i kind of exist i could be blind and i'm visual because um that's that's how he works with me and focuses with me and shows me things that probably wouldn't be as much to somebody else. But but I had been asking since I was little, I cannot imagine what it looked like to go through the Red Sea on dry ground with water walled up beside you. I I got it. I really do. But I just could not fathom it in my, in my mind. It was too big for me to really uh, get a hold of. I went through a lot of a lot of blizzards, of course, and 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 this was my run in Wyoming. A lot of winds, a lot of blizzards. I was coming down Highway 30 in a in a near a, a real small town, Medicine Bow, and and I was talking to the Lord about it. I'm like, I'm trusting you. You're you've taken me through all of these storms, and and I'm just trusting you. I'm I'm just going to keep going as long as that I'm told it's safe. And I was going along, and the, and the story of the Red Sea hits me again. And I'm like, Lord, I still, I wish that you would show me how it looked for those folks going through the Red Sea. And most people just look at me and say, I'm the craziest person in the world. But I watched the highway appear in front of me dry. And I watched the snow going up the sides of, of the truck and, and, and away from it, either side and billowing in kind of a circle on either side of me going straight up higher than than you know you should be able to see in this honking blizzard that i was maybe able to see five six feet in front of me the whole the whole time and all of a sudden here is this dry road with the snow just billowing and and that kind of thing up there i'll tell you what there's just nothing like it when god shows you a miracle <laughs> And that was a that was a really cool miracle. So I feel like I have had an experience that that kind of showed me what that was like. But I had to see it. <laughs> it's so so great, you know. And and that's where having that just that close relationship with God and just how much you know in the little things and the big things, God's there, and He wants he to bless us, and He wants to show us who he is and he wants to show us more and, and those opportunities and just, you know, seeking him and, and those times and, and yeah, and asking and, and seeking those miracles in our life and seeing God show up in great ways. And sometimes it's just the way we think it'll be. And other times he shows up in a way we didn't expect at all. And it's, you know, absolutely. Different. And, uh, and I think a lot of times people don't understand the fact that we can ask, right. You know, I, 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 People think that's pretty silly what I was asking for. No, I asked for a lot of things. I asked for, Lord, can I see the sandal of that angel that's holding me down on in this road because it's the wind's hitting so hard, the back wheels were coming up on the trailer. I mean, I've I've had a lot of discussions along that that same line, you know, with him, but but my true belief because of all of that and what I saw up the Rocky Mountain, those kind of places, he wants us to ask for the things that would really make the difference to us. That would draw us closer and closer to him and and it's those kind of things for me maybe i'm a little child uh in that regard yet but that's the way he works with me that's one thing that like i've learned over the years is like asking him is like asking your best friend for something like you just ask your best friend for stuff like you know you you like you talk to him you create a rapport with them. And, and that's what, that's what that relationship is supposed to be. Yes. That's great, John. That's a good way to put in that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that very way. Yeah. And just having that, that pure faith that he's there at all times. And especially when 
we're in situations maybe we we shouldn't be in and and god's mm-hmm. there you know and and i i yes. don't know i've experienced that in my life too and people know i'm i'm a little bit of a risk taker i do silly things <laughs> a little bit with, with uh, airplanes <laughs> and i don't, I don't see it <laughs> but i i know there have been times where god showed up because there was no other way to explain how we came out of that and how that worked out and it's so cool to, to see God show up in those ways and just have that confirmation of faith, you know, and just to see it in, in the peace that, that comes over you in those times where you should be freaking out and God Absolutely. just shares this peace with you. That is just, you can't explain it. And uh, it's just so, so incredible to see. So I just, a great example of that is you're driving that truck and things just aren't happening the way they should physically be happening. But uh, <laughs> like you said, you know, God, God was there and he can do the incredible. He can do the impossible. Oh, he can. He can. Yeah. And make a big difference in your life when he does it. Mm. That's for sure. You just think about, I mean, he loves us so much and you think he's, he's the God of the universe. He, he has all the resources. He can do everything he wants. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend about this, you know, and I just think about that thing is like if parents like, sorry, this is a side tangent anyway, sorry. But like, yeah. I just think like as parents, I, we have, my kids have way more than I did growing up. And I feel like that's every generation says that, right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's sure. difficult. You want to spoil your kids, right? Like you, you want them to be good kids, but you also want to do everything for them. And you just think like God's love for us is so much more than that. And he has infinite resources, like, you know, and he wants to do more for us and he loves us that much. And just he he it brings him joy, bringing us joy, no different than it does when we see the joy on our child's face, enjoying something and just what that brings to them. And I think, you know, sometimes we sure. miss that. It's like God, he he has that love and it's just like a, a pure father's love for his child. Sometimes, yeah, we we don't we don't view him in that in that light. But that's, you know, he's there and he, and he loves doing that. And he loves showing up in incredible ways for his kids. Oh, incredible. <laughs> yes. Thinking of, I was thinking of Donnie's sermon this last week. And when he talked about being not just on the mountains, but in the valleys. And when we're in the valleys, he's there. And he really is there. I'm, I'm kind of in a little valley right now. I'm going into something that's kind of unknown you know and how will it turn out and all all the questions that a person would have and yet i know beyond the shadow of a doubt i know that he's there it's it's his determination and what he wants to do with me because i'll be definitely helpless at that (laughs) during that time but but it is it's good that i've had some of the things now in the past coming up to this point to be able to look at this and go this should be a thing where I'm just shaking in my boots and and and, and don't know what which way to turn, and yet I feel very comfortable, and 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 I feel like okay, yeah, I, I'm still in the valley. That's probably why I'm a little more emotional tonight than normal. But being being there, I, you know, mom's favorite passage, of course, was Psalms 93. So it's hard to hard to you know, not be thinking about being in the valley of the shadow of death <laughs> and wondering. But i that's what, why it really was great for Donnie to be working the way he did in that sermon for both Michelle and me. We're both struggling with, with things right now. And, and it's like that really meant a lot to us to have that affirmation coming through the TV screen <laughs> with that being, with that being said and, and stuff. So there are times when we forget about the fact that that even though we feel like we're really down in a valley, that he's just every bit as much there as he is. There's a song I think about that it took a mountain and and uh, or it might take a mountain, it might take a desert to, to bring me back to him. But <laughs> but it's that kind of thing that that I think he just helps draw in the reins a little bit and say, oh, we're off the trail a little bit here. So you need to trust me. I might have you there for a reason. Might have you there to be able to talk to somebody else that's there or has been through that or is in that. And and that's been true. And it may take years and years like it did with my best friend. I guess maybe on a little bit lighter note, let's talk about like, what are, what are some things you do for fun? What are things you really enjoy doing? 
one of them is a, a little tractor that, that your dad found for me on Facebook. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with a little Ford 8N tractor. It's got a loader and a blade. And, and so, you know, only got a couple acres, but uh, I have a lot of fun playing around with the, with the little tractor. Definitely enjoy that. And uh, life is busy for us because we, we are taking care of, of my wife's folks. Uh, built a place for them on that figure eight track. <laughs> We're part of the figure eight track um, so that they could be close to us and stuff. So that, that takes up some time, but there are a lot of fun times of things that we're doing to, to, to help out with that, you know, and, and uh, people ask me, well, you're retired. Do you get bored? And I'm like, I don't have time to get bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I, re I really enjoy messing, you know, around with the, the little tractor and, and, uh, and just doing the the projects and things that I can, seeing seeing other people happy and what what makes them happy, you know. And I'll, an awful lot is uh, Michelle had reminded me that when we were we had the privilege of taking care of your grandpa, my dad, um, during the the last years of his life, in in this very place, in this very house, and and I watched. Dad was always an example to me all all of his life, but. And, and a very strong Christian, uh, leaps and bounds beyond me. But I watched how he treated people. He, you know, couldn't use his lower half of his body. But did that stop him from being a happy person and making those people around him happy? No. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd watch um, that, that crazy Simpson smile of his that somebody I know has got. I'd watch that smile just make a, a huge difference in some of the medical staff and, and uh, people like that that were that we would work with or just people that would come to visit or something. He never did complain about where he was or what he was doing or anything. It was always, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, um, or if a nurse came in, well, hi, I haven't seen that lovely smile in at least two hours, you know, and it was, it was, and it was genuine. It wasn't like somebody who was trying to be funny or something like that. It was just genuine. He just really loved uh, people. And, and, and I think that was God's love just flowing through him. So I, I kept watching that and I go, you know, when I get to that point, uh, which, you know, maybe, maybe we will, um, and, and maybe we'll all get to go home in the clouds. Uh, but when I get to that point, I would really like to have that kind of thing where, where people would be able to, to look back and go, yeah, he was, he was happy. And, and well, why was he happy? Oh, you know, and I think that is, is a ministry in itself, uh, was to us, uh, Michelle and I both just thoroughly enjoyed watching dad do that. I had to play away with people that they could come in grouchy. He would get some of the CNs and the the nurses help and all that kind of stuff that would come in. They weren't having a great day. And by the time they would leave here, they were having a great day. And I think that would be a cool thing to be able to do. <laughs> so just side note there, sorry. No, it's it's special. Yeah. And just having the, the joy of the Lord just flowing through you. You know, and just, you know, and, and taking that focus. And I, I remember that about grandpa as well. It's just, he was always focused on other people. He was always present in the moment and just, just there and just genuine. Well, and I think a lot of it is, is that dad knew and, and tried to instill in us even that, that if people look at you, are they going to want what you are? Mm. Are they going to want because of the way that you are or are they going to look at you and go well that's the grouchiest person i've ever met in my life or or i i really i can't i can't understand why that person does this that or the other thing in in the situation of watching that that's the the uh, candle being lit on the hill not under a bushel mm -hmm. you know it's it's looking at it and saying that's what i want and and so from that aspect that's that's one of my prayers I want to be that way so that uh, as people look at me, that's what I want, you know, and what is, what has he got that I want? <laughs> Why is he so happy? And, and so I'd like to, I'd like to continue that tradition. <laughs> yeah. Letting your light shine. That's, 
one i mean that's my my favorite verse in the bible so definitely something i think about a lot and just having people see jesus in us yes in a in a way that draws them in like you said it's you know i want what that person has you know when we show joy in in circumstances that don't make sense it makes people wonder you know and yeah it draws draws exactly so what's one thing that you've wanted to do but you haven't done yet I would really like to be able to uh, fly in a glider plane, a sailplane. Okay. One of the things that that uh, is kind of, I guess, if I had a, a bucket list kind of thing, if, is that what you're looking for? One of yeah. the things that I'd really, I, I like, I love flying. I always have loved flying. Joel takes me flying. That really is fun in my brother's airplane. And I spent time in the Wyoming Air National Guard and the C-130s and, and a lot of airtime. But I've not been able to actually go up and be in one where you get pulled up off of the runway and taken up in the air and then they cut the rope and turn you loose. And, and it's just all a matter of finding those thermals and seeing if you can, you know, keep it up there. I think that would be a lot of fun. It used to be I wanted to jump out, but with my back anymore, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. So, <laughs> but I think it'd be fun to just sail. <laughs> What's your favorite Bible verse or passage or story? Well, my favorite verse is, has always been, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son to, to come for us. It's, for me, it's, it boils down to basics again, you know, that if he hadn't come and died for me, where would I really be right now? Mm. I'd like to think of it in those kind of terms sometimes to to help me out, but uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That, to me, kind of just pulls it all together. And and then we could go through all the Sermon on the Mount, because <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that as well. But uh, And that was mom's favorite. So what's your favorite family tradition? Oh, goodness. I just like getting together. And, and sometimes that's kind of a big thing now with so many families uh, involved at this point. Um, um, being a great grandpa really makes me feel like I'm just really, really old. <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today.